Morning, and we are going to be back in Romans chapter 12. And uh, we, of course, have been uh, preaching in the month of January. We started this. February was Missions Emphasis Month. And then uh, we're back to preaching uh, out of Romans chapter 12. And again, the theme behind me uh, is uh, from 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And, and uh, we've been preaching uh, several messages this year on the subject of victory, the subject of overcoming. Amen? And uh, that's where we find ourselves at in Romans chapter 12. So if you find your place, stand with me together as we read the Scripture. And uh, I'm going to read uh, verse 21, and then we're going to back it up in the beginning of the chapter and read our text for today. But again, notice what he says in Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And what we find in Romans chapter 12 are the practical steps on how to overcome evil with good. And so uh, let's read our text for today, uh, beginning in verse 4, and we'll read down through verse 8. The Bible says, For we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one member one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, with the prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry let us wait on our ministering or he that teacheth on teaching or he that exhorteth on exhortation he that giveth let him do it with simplicity he that ruleth with diligence he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness let's pray lord we love you today we thank you for the opportunity to be here now god as we turn our attention to your word for these next few moments i pray that you would speak to us through it god please holy spirit we ask that you'd be active in our midst this morning and lord i pray that you would help us as Christians, uh, Lord, as, as the Word of God is preached, to challenge us and help us to be what we ought to be for You, Lord, as we're living in these days, God, of, of uh, that's uh, uh, right before You come back to receive us to Yourself. I pray that we would uh, learn to be the Christians You'd have for us to be. We love You and we thank You now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank You. You may be seated. How to overcome evil with good. Now, I won't uh, go back and re-preach the messages I've already preached, but I do want to do a quick review on the things that we've talked about, all right? First of all, if we back up to verse 1 and 2, uh, we uh, read in those verses, uh, we talked about the three shuns that were mentioned in those verses. And the first one was salvation, amen? You're never going to overcome evil if you're not first saved, amen? If you're not first born again, it begins at salvation. But the Christian life doesn't end there. Amen? So the first shun we talked about was salvation. Then we talked about consecration. And that is where we as Christians consecrate ourselves to God, to the service of God, to live for God. Understanding that as Christians, listen uh, church, we don't belong to us, we belong to Him. Amen? And we set ourselves apart for the work of the Lord. And then we talked about in verse 2, transformation. And that is where God begins to change us from the inside out. And by the way, there ought to be a difference between the Christian and the world. Amen? There ought to be a difference. You shouldn't have to wear a sign around your neck that says, I'm a Christian, where that people don't understand that you're a Christian. Amen? I mean, just by the way you carry yourself, just by the way you look on your outward appearance, by the things you say, by the things you don't say. Amen? They ought to know, hey, something's different about that person. They're saved. Amen? They're a Christian. Transformation. And then the last message I brought to you about this was found out of verse 3. And that was the last message I brought on the last Sunday of January. And that was this, how to overcome evil with good. 
by having biblical thinking patterns. And notice again what it says there in verse 3. It says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And we talked about how important it is for us as Christians to think properly. Amen? To think properly. We talked about a disciplined mind, singleness of mind, a teachable mind, and a determined mind. And if you miss those messages, uh, if you go to our church Facebook page, everything is archived on there. And I was back looking at some, uh, some other things on there this week. And those messages are there. And you can go back and you can listen to those. Let's get into the message this morning. Amen? Uh, verses 4 through 8. Here's what we see. The next step on how to co- overcome evil with good. Here it is. You ready? Get busy serving. Amen? Get busy serving. Again, let's read these verses. And with that thought in mind, think about these verses I read them to you here beginning in verse 4. For we, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one member one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. You know what the theme of those verses are? Service to the Lord. Amen? That's the theme of those verses. May I remind you that some form of the word serve is found 1,300 times in the Word of God. 1,300 times. And folks, let me just say this, alright? There is one theme that's prevalent all throughout the Scripture, and that is this, as God's people, we're to be serving Him. Amen? We're to be serving Him. The Bible tells us, if you just look up that phrase, serve, uh, different uh, people that we are, different ways we ought to serve. Uh, Obviously, we ought to serve God. The Bible says that. Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, Then saith Jesus unto him, this is his conversation with Satan, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve. Amen? Listen, without apology, as Christians, we ought to be serving God. Amen? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. You know there's the right way to serve God, amen? There's a right way that God expects us as we serve. He tells us right there. We serve acceptably. We serve with reverence. We serve with godly fear. That in and of itself can be a three-point message, but that's not what I'm preaching this morning. Amen? But listen, we ought to be serving God. How about this then? Not only should we serve God, we ought to be serving others. Serving others. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Now sometimes Christians will say, man, I don't have a problem serving God, but I'm not so sure about this serving other people stuff. Let me just say this. If you're not serving others, you're really not serving God. Because God's choice of service is through people. Amen? Oh man, it always comes back to that, doesn't it? People! I will say this, the ministry would be a piece of cake if it wasn't for people, right? But that's what the ministry is, amen? Serving God, serving others. And then you find this phrase, you find that serving our generation. 
Acts chapter 13, verse 36. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid into his fathers and saw corruption. And then Judges chapter 2, verse 10. And also all that generation were gathered into their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. So you have two opposite ends of the spectrum here. In Acts 13, you have it said of David where he served his generation. In Judges chapter 2, you know what? They didn't serve their generation because they didn't teach them anything about the things of God. Right now I'm reading through the book of Judges, and I'm going to tell you, you talk about a book that is just a, a, a chaotic, strange, weird book of the Bible. And God on purpose put it in there for us so we would understand what happens when we decide we're going to turn our back on God. How crazy we get. How messed up we get. How following after things we shouldn't be following after. Why? Because we turn our back on God. Let me tell you something, folks. We have a responsibility as Christians to serve our generation. Invest in our future. And that's why we do what we do around here at White River Baptist Church. That's why we have these youth rallies we're taking our young people to. We have camps and, and we have all these kind of things. Because you know what? We're trying to raise up a generation that knows who God is. Amen? And not just from our lips, but through our actions. They can see God moving in our lives. That's who we ought to be serving. Now, here's what I want to do this morning. We're going to go back to Romans chapter 12, because that's our text. And I want to give you some simple principles of service from our text. Amen? Because, again, the, the direction we're going this morning is this idea of how to overcome evil with good. Amen? And I'm going to give you some very practical things to help us. Because here's the thing. Listen to me, folks. All right? And I've already preached on this. But, uh, you know what? Evil can overcome good. But good can also come, overcome evil based upon whether or not we apply the principles. So I'm going to give these to you, and I pray that it will help you and help you have the right mindset as a Christian. Alright, so back to Romans chapter 12. And here's the first principle of service. It's simply this. Number one, service is for every Christian. Alright, let me say that again. Service is for every Christian. Look what it says in verse 4. Okay? Notice what it says. For as we have many members in one body, and look at this next phrase. You ready? Let's say it together, these next three words. You ready? And all members. Wow. You know what that means? I know the King James is so hard to understand, right? All means all. Amen? And all members. And then verse 5, so we, so we, being many are one body in Christ, and every one member one of another. Listen to me. Let me, let me just try to uh, uh, blow holes in a theory sometimes that floats around churches. I don't think it happens in this church, but just in case it ever would, let me just blow it to smithereens right now. Amen? That service is only for a select group of people in the church. Wrong. Yep, wrong. Amen? Service is for everyone. Yep. Yep. Listen, if you can do this... Service is for you. Amen? Service is for me. Service is for every Christian. In fact, I did an interesting word uh, study as I was preparing for this message. And, and I looked up this phrase, let everyone. Let everyone. That's an interesting word because you know what that phrase, let everyone, is attached to? Different aspects of service. For example, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. Listen to this verse. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you, 
lay up by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. You know what that's talking about? Service and giving. Service and giving. And the Bible's very clear upon that. When should our, uh, our giving be done? Upon the first day of the week. Amen? And you know what day that is? That's, that, that's today. That's Sunday. The Lord's Day. Amen? By the way, think about this. How can you do what the Bible says, lay up in store, if you're not at church to lay it up in store, right? Amen? And so you know what? Uh, as we give, we are serving. And let me just say this. Uh, praise God. This is a giving church. Amen? This is a giving church, and I'm thankful for that. And listen to me, church, let's never lose that. You know why God, partially why God's blessing this church? Because we're a giving church. We invest in things that matter to God. We invest in things of eternal value, and that pleases God. Amen? And so don't ever lose that as a church, because that is a form of service. Not only that, here's the next time we see this. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. Listen to this verse. Nevertheless, let every one of you... Remember, service is for who? Everyone, right? Service is for everyone. Nevertheless, let every one of you, in particular, so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. And then it says this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. You know one of the greatest ways to show service is the way you show love. One of the greatest ways you show service or you, you can be involved in service is the way you show love. Now those two illustrations, first of all, is the illustration of a husband loving his wife. Amen? And by the way, you know what, husbands? The Bible commands us to love our wife even as Christ loved the church. And you know what, well, that, that, by the way, that's a high standard to live up to. Amen? But you know what? It ought to be a high standard. We ought to live up to that standard. And so we, we literally can sh uh, have service or be involved in service. By the way, as husbands, we love our wives. But then if you think to yourself, well, I'm not married or I'm a, I'm a female, I get out of this. Well, listen to this verse. Amen? Where it says that the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. And you know, truth be told, folks, one of the greatest forms of service is toward one another. Listen to this verse, man. This is a powerful passage of Scripture here. In John chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus said this to His disciples, By this shall all men know you are My disciples, if ye go out and tell everybody. Not what it says. Therein shall all men know you are My disciples, if ye perform some miracle. Not what He says. Listen to this verse. By this shall all men know you are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. You think about that. The greatest mark of belonging to Christ is the fact that we show love one to another. Let me tell you something, folks. The world is dying for that kind of love. Dying for it. I mean, let me tell you something, folks. Outside of the church of Jesus Christ, and why is that? Because you really, truth be told, can't show real biblical agape love unless you're born again. I'm not saying other people don't have a form of love, but it's not the greatest form of love. The greatest form of love is the God love, is the agape love. It's, hey, I love you, no conditions attached. Amen? Okay? And no, you can't show that unless you know Jesus Christ. Because think about this, that kind of love isn't produced by us, it flows through us. Because it comes directly from God. 
And let me just say this, folks. We need to get busy serving in the way we love. Amen? And by the way, we don't have time to uh, talk about all the practical steps in that. But you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it gets very specific in what true love does. Amen? It talks about being patient. talks about being kind. talks about being long-suffering. So that means this, if we're not being that, we're not showing that kind of love. And in turn, we're not really involved in true service to the Lord. Amen? Because that's what the Bible says. Not only that, let's look at another place here this morning. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4. Listen to this. That every one of you, there you go, there it is again. Amen? Nobody's getting a, no one's getting a uh, uh, get out of jail free card. This is for all of us. Amen? Alright? That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. You know one of the greatest ways to serve, according to this verse right here, in the context of this verse, is to live a morally pure life? Amen? Every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. That's talking about moral purity. It's talking about uh, living your life within the moral boundaries of the principles God has set us in, in, in his word. And let me tell you, when you do that, folks, I'm going to tell you, what a great form of service. Amen? It's a great form of service to your family, to your spouse. It's also a great form of service to your fellow church members. It's a great fellow, uh, it's a great form of service, number one, to God. Amen? When you live that way. Isn't it amazing how the Bible just intertwines and connects and all the principles are somehow connected toward one another? Amen? And then here's another place we see that phrase, every one of you. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. And for sake of time, I'm not going to read the whole passage, but what he's talking about that is this. By the way, how do you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end? You know what he's talking about? The fact, as Christians, being a witness with our testimony. Talking about witnessing for Christ. And that means this, folks. Every one of us ought to be involved in the service of the Great Commission. Getting the Gospel out. Telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. So, what is it? How are we going to overcome evil with good? We're going to be involved in service. You know why? Because service is for everyone. Amen? Number two. What else do we learn about service out of Romans chapter 12, verse 4? Uh, back to uh, uh, our Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 6. Here's what we learn. Levels and ways of service differ. Levels and ways of service differ. Okay, let me read the verses to you again. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, every one member one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Listen to me, folks. God doesn't call everybody to do the same thing. Right? Listen, we're not all called to serve in the same position. I mean, come on, think about it. How would a church function if every single person was the pastor? You think that would, you think that would work orderly? The way God is set for things to work? Absolutely not. By the way, think about this for a minute. My pastor always taught me this. Anything with two heads is a monstrosity. There has to be one head to something. By the way, God sets the ultimate example of that if you follow it all through the Scripture. Right? God Himself. There, listen, there is an authority structure even within the Godhead. 
You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches us that. Amen? Are they three equal? Yes. But even Jesus Christ, one of these days, the Bible says in authority, or uh, in eternity, will lay down all authority at the feet of the Father. The Bible says that of Christ. So you have an authority structure even in the Godhead. You've got an authority structure even within the home. Right? The husband's the head of the home. Then you have the wife. Then you have the children. Listen, the church has an authority structure. I think God knew what He was doing. Amen? And so God has given, though, all different areas of service for the church to function properly. Right? Not everyone can be the pastor, but guess what? Not, uh, uh, not everyone can do all the same, uh, the same stuff. Let me tell you what's amazing about a local assembly like this. All the different talents that are in this room right here together. You know what's going to be amazing about that building going up here, Lord willing, the next couple of years? It's all of our talents converging together to accomplish something great for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the power of the church. There, there's something amazing about that. And listen to me, folks. Uh, and that's not just true with physical type talents. That's true with spiritual talents. You know God has blessed all of us with different levels of, of gifts. That's what the Bible calls them. I mean, even within the own local assembly, uh, there's, there's those that can teach Sunday school. There's those that can sing special music. I'm not in that category. Amen? All right? I'm, the, I'm in the joyful noise category. And sometimes Brother Dave gets desperate and he's like, oh, I guess like you can get up here and sing with us, you know? And it's just like, I'll be a loud voice, but it may not be everything it ought to be. That's okay. I understand that. That's, that's, I'm good with that. Amen? I'm good with making the joyful noise. Some people can work with children and teenagers. Some people have the gift of encouragement. Some people have the gift of hospitality. And on and on the list goes. Now listen to me, church. Levels and ways of service differ. So you know what that means? There should never be division based upon the service of others. Okay? Again, we have biblical illustrations of this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Great illustration. And for sake of time, I won't read the whole passage, but listen to these couple verses here, what the Bible says. For the body is not one member, but many. Alright? He's using the physical body as an illustration. By the way, a lot of things in the physical world mirror the spiritual world. Right? Again, God knew what He was doing when He created us. Amen? Notice what it says. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not the body, is it therefore not the body? If the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were a hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased Him, that there should be no schism, or division is what that word means, in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Now come on. I mean, listen, your body doesn't fight. I mean, your hand isn't mad because it's not the foot. And the hand's not going to work because it really wanted to be a foot. And because it can't be a foot, it's just not going to do what it ought to do today, right? I mean, how silly is that? Right? No, the body is a phenomenal creation of God. You know why? Everything does what it's supposed to do. You know what that's a sign of? Health. Right? And by the way, when the body works the way it's supposed to work, think about what can be accomplished. Amen? That's true physically. Think even how much more that is spiritually. 
I remember one time when we were, um, uh, just an illustration of this, uh, we, were, um, a tra- we, were, we were in the transition period of leaving our position up at Blessed Hope, and we started traveling, and just like our missionaries do, out raising support to start the church plant. And uh, we were gone a lot. A few times we were home. And I remember before I left, before I resigned my position, I was teaching the adult Sunday school class on Sunday morning. And I enjoyed teaching that class. I really did. Uh, and uh, I enjoyed interacting with the folks and, and, uh, and teaching that class. Well, obviously, if I'm not going to be there and I'm transitioning out, someone else had to teach that class. And I remember that a few times when I was home, sitting in the class that I used to teach. And I'll be honest with you, you know what? Part of me still wanted to be up there teaching that class because that's what I did, that's what I enjoyed. But guess what? That wasn't what I was supposed to be doing at that time, and it was somebody else's job to do it. So you know what? What good would have been to me to get mad at the guy that was teaching the class that I used to teach? Well, I ought to be up there teaching it. No. Guess what? My, my part was to do something different now. Same with the Christian school. I used to teach at the Christian school. And I remember when uh, I was involved with Pastor Ross a little bit, uh, uh, helping, he mainly did it, but I was involved a little bit, uh, helping get the next guy in. And I remember when Brother, Brother James Young, who's going to be here Thursday night, his brother, Brother Roger Young, took the position up there. And I remember, I mean, part of me felt bad that Pastor Ross had to go through all this hassle of getting another guy in there to fill my position because that's what I used to do all the time. But you know what? What good it would have been for me to get mad at somebody else doing something I used to do when God was changing what I was doing a little bit. Okay, listen, all that to say, listen to me, church, we're not all the same. God has different jobs for one of us. It doesn't do any good to get jealous or mad at somebody else for something they do in the service of the Lord. You know what we need to do? We need to figure out what God would have for us to do and get busy doing it, and be thankful if God uses somebody else in some other capacity. Listen, it's called unity. It's called working in harmony. Amen? And that's where the devil comes in. He knows how this works. He hates how it works. So he'll come in and start sowing seeds of uh, of discord among the brethren. He'll come in and start having thoughts of jealousy and thoughts of envy about this person, about that person. That's what he does to disrupt the unity of a congregation. So let me say this, as, as, as a church, let's not be involved in that. Amen? Let's figure out what God has for us to do, get busy doing it, and watch God grow His church. Amen? Because that's what service is. Different levels, different responsibilities in service. And then last of all, number three, and this kind of goes along with what I just said, service to God builds unity within the body of Christ. Look at verse 5. This is a pretty phenomenal verse. And I love the way it's worded here. And again, folks, that's why you need to study your Bible. Amen? God, every single word, every single uh, jot and tittle, the smallest to the greatest, is all there for a reason, for a purpose. Notice what it says in verse 5. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. Amen? Talking about the body of Christ. We, being many, are one. We're the body of Christ. Here's the phrase I want you to look at. And every one member, one of another. Now what's that mean? Let me tell you what that literally means. If you look that up, it means this. Every single part of the same part. For example, if a person dies of heart failure, guess what other parts die? Right? I mean, listen, you can have healthy kidneys, you can have healthy lungs, everything can be healthy, but if the heart's sick and it dies, everything dies. Right? All, every single part of the same part. Now listen, I'm not saying 
that the life of the body of Christ is dependent upon one Christian staying faithful. If that was the case, the body of Christ wouldn't have even made it out of the infant stages because Judas betrayed the Savior. Okay? I'm not saying one single... It's all dependent upon one single person, but I will say this is true. What one member does has an effect upon another member. You better believe it does. By the way, here's the verse behind that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. You know what he's teaching us by that? It does matter what you do. Amen? It matters as a Christian uh, whether or not you, you do things right, handle things right, because you have an effect upon the whole body. For example, alright, have you ever smashed your thumb with a hammer before? Okay, or done something like that? Alright, if you smash your, your thumb uh, with a hammer or your finger or something like that, the whole body reacts. Right? I mean, you're like, ah, oh, ah! Oh. You start jumping up and down, the feet are going, the face starts wincing, you see the hand starts holding. I mean, you know, the whole body reacts because one member suffered. And let me just say this, folks. When you're a part of a local assembly, a body of Christ, it matters, amen? You matter. You matter to the body. And what's beautiful about this is how that when the body works together properly, the unity that is a result of that. For example, we, we, we noticed this, we've been noticing this over at Jasper. And that's why I'm, I'm so thankful that some of our people are involved in that. And, and by the way, folks, not too many people get to be involved in a church plant. You know why? Because nobody's starting churches anymore. And if you get to be involved in something like that, you're literally witnessing a miracle, a rare miracle that hardly ever happens. Okay, But you know what you find out when we were over there working? There's a unity that, that bonds the church together. I mean, listen, folks, people are over there. I mean, yes, we're working, but it, it, it's almost like it's, it's a happy time. It, it's a time of man, there's camaraderie. There, there's a sense of purpose. There's a sense of, man, we're doing something for the kingdom of God. Amen? I mean, work days do that to a church. The, the days when we get together and we go out canvassing, and we'll be doing that here next month when we go out to hand out the invitation cards for the program. We're all going to get together here. And on Saturday morning, we're going to have a prayer meeting. We're going to go out and canvass. That brings the church together. Amen? There's, there's unity that comes along with this all being involved in the service of the Lord. By the way, let me tell you who I feel sorry for. I feel sorry for Christians who, you know what, they never get involved in anything that the church has to offer. I feel sorry for you. Now listen, I understand, and God understands, that not everybody can do the same thing. Okay, some of you elderly folk, okay? You know, God doesn't expect you to be out there beating the streets like us young folk can, amen? Alright, but you know what, you can still do something. By the way, when we're out doing that, you know what you can be doing? Praying for us. Praying down the spiritual stronghold that's trying to hinder us with what we're trying to do. And by the way, sometimes, you know what? You can do more than you think you can do. Right? Listen, I get it. You may not be able to do everything everybody else can, but we all can be involved in the service of the Lord. Amen? And as long as you're still breathing, God still wants to use you to impact. And by the way, when you're involved in service, you know what that does? It helps you overcome evil. It helps you overcome evil. It helps you overcome it in your own life. But how about this? it helps you overcome it in other people's life. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. There's nothing like knowing that God used you to help somebody else. There's, I mean, that is the greatest, and I hate to even use this word because I know what it means in our day and age, but it's the greatest spiritual high, if you will, that you'll ever experience 
is when you're involved, God using you to impact somebody else for eternity. There is nothing like that on this planet that you get to experience and you get to be a part of. Amen? And so let me just encourage you, all right? All the message this morning was about this. Get busy serving. Amen? Get busy serving. Find something to do. Come and talk to me. I'll find you something to do. I promise you there is something for us all to be involved in in the work of the Lord. Amen? By the way, what a privilege, what an opportunity. And let's get out there. Let's overcome evil with good. And we're going to do it by being involved in service. Let's pray.